the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. We're here to talk about your life and your money. I'm joined by my co-host, John Deloney, sitting to my right. Give us a call today. The number is 888 825-5225. We'll talk about whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, if, as it relates to money and your relationships. Let's go to Columbia, South Carolina. We got Lindsay on the line. What's going on, Lindsay? Hi, how are you? We're doing good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. How can I help today? So, um, a brief rundown uh, about what's going on is that I... Um, sold my shares in partnership in my business, sold my house, and came to Columbia with my husband so we could live here in his hometown and start a life here. And we went to buy um, some land mm-hmm. uh, to bet our dream house on. And we found out the day that we was closing on our land that his uh, mother had actually stolen his inheritance account. And we was unable to purchase the land. And this has just put a string of financial hardships on us since we found this out. How did she steal? How did she do that if his, if his name was on the, the inherited account? Um, he did allow her access for the account just so she could put um, money into the account when he needed her to do so mm. for his errands to help that. But um, is she in jail? No. Why? I wish. <laughs> why, why didn't you call the police? Somebody sold s- um, more than a quarter of a million dollars from you and your husband. That is very true, but he is very forgiving. and well, I'm forgiving too, but, but I also have a responsibility to make sure me and my wife eat. That is very true. but And we're not talking about chump be- change. We're talking about... $300,000. That's what my screen says. She cashed in her mom card when she decided to steal from her son and his wife. Correct. And now we're at the point where um, we can't pay our property taxes and we're having to move back to Kentucky. And thankfully, the business I was partnered in and had shares in is allowing me to reinstate all that and I can start work again soon. But we're that's that's all great. Of- what you're saying, I'm sorry to cut you off. What you're saying is great. I'm glad that things are kind of going on the up and up with your job and that there's some great things happening. But that's not the solution to what's taking place with your mother-in-law. And I don't want you to think that. You're having to move back because you didn't prosecute the person who stole the money from you and seek uh, getting re- repaid. I, I agree, but... Um- now things uh, are just really hard and we're having to sell all of our property here in South Carolina. No, 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 no. Hold on. You got to change your language because you are choosing to not hold the person accountable who stole from you. You are thus choosing to sell everything, leave that state and go start life somewhere else. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. You are making all of these choices. Correct. Okay, so what what question do you have for us? Um, I'm having a hard time with my husband. Um, yeah, he, I would be too. He's very forgiving, and 
even though no, he's a coward. Yeah, I don't think that's forgiving. I don't think that I'm going to call that attribute he, forgiveness. He's a coward. I, yeah. for, I I would forgive too. But even though she's done all this and we've continued seeing her uh, still try to steal from us to this day, we he wants to continue financially support her um, <laughs> after we move. Yeah, but you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. That's what I tried to convince him, but it seems he um, wants to because he's, you know, an only child and she relies on All right. On All right. We got to, we got to. Uh, I'm not in the business of telling people to, that their marriage is over. That Well, that's not true. I've told people that, but. I was going to say, um, you have told people, have told people that, people John. That. <laughs> um, I'm not in the business of telling people they need to get divorced. I want you, to, I, I, but I am in the business of telling the truth. Here's the deal. Behavior is a language. What your husband is telling you loud and clear, using no words at all, that he will force his wife to go to work so that he can provide um, food and shelter for someone who stole everything from his family. He would rather keep a thief um he would rather keep a thief having living standards above that of his wife. And I take a, a much broader view. I've said this on the show before. I take a much broader view of, of fidelity. We're obsessed with marital fidelity when it comes to sexuality, but we we completely throw it out when it comes to financial fidelity, Come on, to John. emotional fidelity, to psychological safety. We just get rid of all that. So when it comes to cheating on, your husband is cheating on you with his mom. Not in a sexual gross way, but in a whose needs come first way. And until you stop using language like, well, we're having to do this. Or we're ha-, and you step back and say, I am worth more than this. And I married him. You, you, you told him, um, all mine is yours and all yours is mine till death do us part. And he told you that too. And he's going back on, on what he said. And until you choose to decide that you're worth more than what you're doing, you're just going to end up back in Kentucky working full-time, doing your thing, and sending part of your paycheck to your husband. I mean, part of your paycheck to your mother-in-law who stole from you. Lindsay, have you guys ever right. done any kind of counseling? Any any um, marriage counseling? No, we haven't, but this is our only issue that we've had. Um, it can't no, be. it's not. It can't be. No, it's not. It can't be. Um, if you were to say to your husband, Hey, this is a, this is an issue for me. And this goes just beyond our conversations. We need to, we need to speak to a professional. What would he say? He would be very open to it. He he does everything he can to make me happy. Then let's do it. Not every, hold on. Not everything. (laughs) Uh, when it comes to his mom, I, yeah, besides that. But, but when it comes to his mom, that means food, clothing, shelter, living in the same state, jobs, future. Besides those few things, he makes sure you're happy. What, is, what does that yeah. mean? That he gets a burger before he comes home? Like, what does that even mean? That he keeps you happy. Here, here, Jade's, Jade's right. Jade's right. I, I'm getting frustrated at him, and I'm taking it out on you, and that's shame on me. So I'm going to be quiet now. Jade is right. You've got to sit down with a marriage counselor, one that will do the right thing and, and take sides in the therapy session and let you st- 
you are so convinced that you're in the wrong and that you're crazy and you just need to say just the right thing and then he'll come around. He's not coming around. He's picked mom over you and you are going to have some hard choices to make moving forward and you need to get a professional in your corner. Woo! John is telling you the truth. I am too. We just want the best for you, Lindsay. We're not trying to gang up on you. We're simply trying to tell you the truth and change your situation for the better. This is The Ramsey Show. It continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 3.6 billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft, and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. All right, you're listening to The Ramsey Show. My name is Jade Warshaw. Joined to my right, can I say the infamous John Deloney? Can I say that? That's that's one of the nicer things I've been called recently. <laughs> I'll take it. We're taking your calls. The number is 888-825. And hey, if you love this show, would you consider liking it? Consider sharing it? Just tell your folks about it, man. That's the best way that things get started is word of mouth. Right, John? That's right. And this is one of those things. If it's helped you, which we know it has, or if it's just entertaining to you, whatever that is, just tell folks about it. We would appreciate it. We want people to hear this message. We know that this message has the ability to change people's lives. I know it changed my life. And I heard about it because somebody told me about it. My brother told me about it, heard it on the radio. The rest is history. And so you have the ability uh, to be that person in somebody else's life as well. So like, subscribe, share, definitely leave us some comments, but I don't want to hear any any lick talk in those comments because I look at those comments <laughs> sometimes, John, and I, 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 I clutch my pearls because I'm like, what? You guys can be so mean sometimes. So don't say anything mean. Dude, yeah, we get it enough. Yeah, say, if, if you're not going to say something nice, say it to don't, James. That's oh, it. That's <laughs> the, LOL, yeah. That's right. Don't uh, say hey, nothing uh, at all. 888-825-5225. There you go. Give us a shot here today. Yes. Did I say the number wrong? You just said part of it. It's cool. (laughs) Teamwork, man. makes a dream work. 888-825-5225. Thank you, John. I have no idea what I said before. It's all good. I think I was really just thrown off by this article that Austin uh, put in front of us. Guys, there is an ugly storm brewing financially. There are some things going on in the world that is setting us up for some serious... financial failure here. It says, as emergency savings drop and credit card debt rises, an ugly stew is brewing, warns an advocate. It says that uh, as high inflation continues and interest rates go up, many people are seeing their savings dwindle uh, and credit card balances increase. It also says, as those debts become more expensive, delinquencies uh, may be poised to increase. Not maybe. I'm telling you, they are on the rise. We can look and see that people are defaulting on their credit cards, defaulting on their car loans at higher rates than really like the Great Recession. Yeah. 
2008, 2009. That's that's where we're at right now. Case. So let me ask you this. Um, you look at this data much closer than I do. Mm-hmm. And it says this survey was um, done in January. Yep. When I hear household debt is rising at, to unprecedented levels and it was the greatest holiday season ever, that tells me that inflation's hurting families. Yes, but that these expenses, these extra debt, uh, the, the debt accumulation across the board. Now, there's going to be individual families, yep. people stuck in, in systems. I get that. But across the board, this tells me that people are propping up their lifestyle. They're not trying to buy eggs and bacon and, and rice. They are trying to keep their kids in all the travel sports and trying to keep their SUVs full, right? So they're trying to yeah. prop up a lifestyle with debt. Yeah, John... In, in my mind, there, there's two schools of people here. It's like you said, it's the folks who are truly, truly struggling. Right. Like they're, they're, they can't buy groceries, right. right? And then there's the people who have just decided that this is a bandwagon thing. Like, oh, HELOCs are cool. I'll get one. I need a new kitchen. Oh, wait, we can't, like, I, I'm just going to get the newest car. I need a Tesla. Like, yeah, sign me up for, for payments. There's the people who are just going along with whatever culture says, like, this is the life you need to live at any cost, basically. Right. And then- when the default starts happening, when the market starts turning, when you realize you're upside down on your car or you went crazy in 2020 and you're realizing you're upside down on your house, you're looking around trying to point the finger, but you can't because you chose to you go chose along it. with this. I wish people could hear our conversations. I've had conversations with Dave and he said the words, I'm not, I'm not spending that on that. Yeah. It, it's people of means have conversations and say, well, that's too much. I'm not going to pay that price for this. Or I, I called a, 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 a guy who's going to do some work on my house yesterday and said, I can't afford this, but I can afford this one. Yeah. So I'm going to do this work, but not this work. But that's not a normal phrase. John. Right. And, and, and I, I, we've got to take into account things that have gotten more expensive. They just have mm-hmm. inflation's mm-hmm. real. We have to modulate and adjust our lifestyles, man, or we're going to have uh, it's going to be a mess it, it it requires a certain level of self-awareness it requires a certain level of ownership of your own financial situation yeah. because i mean we know a lot of people most people aren't living on a budget right. like to know how you would be surprised when you ask somebody on the street hey how much money do you make hmm. people can't even answer that question oh i think it's like i think like when i get my checks i think it's like like four thousand like people don't know the answer to or 19, that. 19 bucks an hour well how much do you make like a month or a year. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And the more majority of people, I read a stat, it's over 50%. If you ask them, hey, what did you spend last month? No clue. I can't tell you. They can't tell you. And, th- and then we're wondering, okay, why why is it that our emergency savings is dropping? Why is it that credit card debt is riding, rising? Because if you're not aware, if you're not being a good steward, which is simply being a good manager of the money that's coming into your hands, yeah, you're going to spend too much of it. And then you're going to go, wait, what do I do? Oh, I know, credit card. You're going to make ends meet with a credit card. And then when that runs out, you're going to go to the next thing, mm-hmm. right? And how many people do you know who their car breaks down? Yeah. They don't have enough cash to get it fixed. So do you know what, do you don't, do you know what people do, John? Mm. They will go finance a new car because that's, easy. it's just money exchanging. Yeah. I'd rather go finance a new car than shell out $800 to get my car fixed. I don't have any more room on my credit cards to do that, but I can trade this car up and get a new one. And this then you is, roll that you roll that the the negative equity into yeah. your new yeah and then you're running wondering why you're up a creek you know yeah and, and then, then and there's a note here in this in this I, I want to make sure we touch on this younger workers are more financially fragile um, what does that mean well my guess is it means two things one 
um, they don't have the savings built up, and they are they are starting from a they're starting from scratch, if you will. And okay. I think there's some probably tr- some truth to that. Okay. And, um, well, it says. 45% of millennials, 44% of Gen Xers, and 38% of Gen Zers have more credit card debt than money in savings. And so I left college my my with my bachelor's degree. This is this is 100 years ago, so this sounds like no student loan debt, but at the time it was a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I left with 17 grand okay. in debt mm-hmm. from my bachelor's degree. I finished my first year of working with a great job. 25 or 30 grand in the hole on credit card. I just, cause I just said yes to everything I wanted yeah, to do. I feel that. YOLO. I was going to, and so if you are a young worker, if you're in the first two or three or four years out of college in your first job, mm-hmm. live a Spartan life and give yourself a fighting chance to get Heck ahead yeah. on the back end, right? Save and save and save. Get roommates, live cheap, drive used cars. Nobody cares. And if he or she does care, you don't want to date them anyway. Yeah. Begin to make that part of your life so that when these things happen when you're 35 or 45, it's not so much that you have the money's fine and the savings account's fine, all that. Uh-huh. It's you have changed your character. You just handle these problems in a different way. That's true. That's a really good point. Making that mental shift early on. I, it's an identity. I, yeah. I'm not trying to live a life so that other people can look at what I have and uh, getting my worth and my value from that. You know, if you can start that mindset younger, the better. And just on a practical tip, if you are young and you have debt, now is the time to get it. Like now is the time to get after it and pay it off. Mm-hmm. Do it before you get married. Do it before you have kids. Because let me tell you something, the stuff that my husband and I did to pay off debt it's a lot easier to do when you don't have kids. Oh man, everything changes when you got kids. Man, right. all that side hustling, all those those meals, you know, all that stuff. It's it's easier when you're on your own, and then it's easier when you don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, when you have kids and all this, you could still do it. But if you're it's one harder. of these Gen Zers, one of these Gen Xers, and you're you're struggling, now is the time to get after it. Do not wait. Do not put it off. Uh, please, now is the time to get after that because this is. This is a this is a problem. Like they said, it's an ugly stew brewing. I think that's funny that they wrote it like that. But I mean, we get to choose. That's the best part about this, John, is we get to choose what we're going to participate in. And um, you don't have to participate in debt. That's optional. Right. You know, if you are one of those folks who have found yourselves out in the margins and you are really struggling, reach out for help. Let somebody know I'm not all right. I've, I need some support. I've got to figure something else out. I need uh, call one of our Ramsey uh, coaches and get some get some uh, so, some direct support. But if you're just propping up a lifestyle, man, you got to choose reality. You got to choose reality because reality is going to choose you if you're not careful. Yeah, and you can stop today. There's things that you can do today in real time to make a difference. Get on a budget. That's thing one. If you're listening to this show, <laughs> keep listening to this show. We will talk. We will talk to you about budgets uh, until your ears fall off. We will make sure you understand what it takes for you to get hold of your financial situations. This is the Ramsey Show. This is the Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw, your host. And we're talking about your life and your money. Give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. We got Brian in Nashville. What's going on, Brian? How can we help? Hey, I need your advice. I have a house that I just completed a cash out refinance on in order to pay for repairs. It would have depleted my on-hand emergency reserve to basically nothing. Okay. So I owe 149000 and it is refinanced on a 15-year fixed okay. on Dave's advice. Um, now, 
this is where the interesting part comes in. Over the past 10 plus years, I've been sending stupid amounts of money north to my parents. Dave said I was enabling them and I needed to cut them off. So I did. Okay. Now they're finally selling property and I'm going to be receiving $100,000 as repayment for all the money I have sent them through wow. the years. Okay. My question is this. Given the current economic climate, do I pay or take that $100,000 and pay down the house and then try to pay the house off and probably do it in a year and a half to two years if I try really hard? Or do I split it between half on the house, half investing, or do I move it all into investing? My initial reaction is to pay down the house. It's always nice to have a safe base of operations. Um, I have no other debt other than the house. Right. Um, that's a good question, Brian. And you also said that you depleted your emergency fund to zero, right? Uh, no, no, no. I would have if I had paid for the house repairs. That's why I did the cash out refund. I see. Okay. So how much do you, how much cash do you have on hand? Uh, probably 23, no, $25,000. Okay. And that's the emergency fund. Okay. Yeah. So if you are in baby step six, I would, and you're already putting 15% to retirement, all that deal. Yes. Mm-hmm then I would put this money towards the house. That's what I'd do. Okay. How old are you, man? Yeah. I'm sorry? How old are you? Oh, uh, I'll be 52 in April. Yeah, I would... I, it feels good. I. It's just me. I'm just telling you... I, I, I'm your neighbor here, so this, I'm just telling you what I would do. Um, I, I, you said it. it, it it's a, a home base of operations. There's something about having no liabilities hanging out there when the weather gets tough. If I think about it on furniture on my front porch, right, when these, these wild windstorms keep coming through town, I don't want any furniture sure. on the front porch. And so I'm going to go through and knock out any existing liabilities I have. And you got a big one, a house, and then you just leveraged your house. You put it on the block, right? So I'm going to get that sucker mm-hmm. off the block and make it mine, and then I'll start thinking about um, – putting some stuff in the in the barn right which is which is your retirement but i want to get rid of those i want to get rid of that stuff man yeah i'm giving the legal maximum to the 401k matching that the state of tennessee provides uh, since i work for the state but until i pay off the last of the debt i just it just doesn't feel right to put more into that pay off the house own it free and clear then i can go nuts dumping everything into retirement uh, yeah, that's right, Brian. And basically all we're telling Brian to do is work the baby steps. Yeah. The baby steps work like that for a reason. Baby step six, you're paying off the house. You've got this big windfall of cash. That's exactly what you would do. And like you said, in a, in a, in a year or so, you're going to be done with the house. And then you can put whatever extra money you want into your investments from there well beyond 15%, you know, and you've got lots and lots of options there. Very good. Thanks for the call, Brian. Let's check out what's going on in Toronto. We've got Elias. What can we do for you? Uh, Elias. Uh, hi, I'm glad to uh, be here. Um, just have a question, maybe get some advice from you about uh, my situation, which is I'm a 38-year-old man uh, with a seven-month-old baby, and uh, I'm I'm married. And uh, right now the housing market is very expensive in Toronto, and the interest rates are very high. Mm-hmm. I do have a hundred. I do have a hundred eighty thousand dollar down payment ready to go for a home. Um, it's just that right now it seems that if we were to jump into the market, we would be house poor. Yeah. So I, w- I was wondering if um, it'd be okay to rent for a few years until I would be able to save enough money where uh, the expenses, the uh, the mortgage, and everything else would be 
25% or less of my monthly income. Bingo. Yeah. What you're saying is exactly right. And um, yeah, I, I know for whatever reason, people get really hung up on on renting, but it's only for a season, right? It's just for a season so that you can buy this house the proper way in a way that it can actually be a blessing for you and so that you're not house poor. Um, Elias, I think that you're thinking exactly on the right track because I, I, I'm not an expert at the real estate market in Toronto, but I know that you ain't getting out of there for less than a million probably <laughs> in some areas. Um, 180K, what what percentage of a down payment is that? Um, I guess it would be close 10%. to 20%. 20% maybe uh, for an 800, uh, maybe more than 20% for an $800,000 yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if I'm you, I mean, how, how much longer would you need to rent to get enough of a down payment to purchase a house where, you know, it is a 15 year fix where the payment isn't more than 25% of your take home pay all included. How much longer would that take? Uh, right. Actually in Canada, it's, uh, I don't think it's the same as the United States where they have the 15 year fix. Okay. Uh, What's the equivalent? It's probably like fixed would probably be like a, a five year or three year. And then there's also a variable rate mortgage, which is considerably higher uh, interest rate. Yeah, don't so do that. Yeah, don't do anything don't that's variable. That. There's no fixed rate mortgage in Canada? There's fixed rate mortgage uh, for three to f- or five years. And then it, and then it um, variates? And then, and then there's the variable rates, which are a little bit higher. Everybody that I'm talking to, especially um, mortgage brokers, are saying I should go with variable because the... Elias, the Elias, listen that, to me, listen to me. I don't get yeah. anybody, any mortgage broker is trying to do one thing, get paid Make money yeah. and they're making it on your back. Do not, yeah. do not, do not get an, a, an adjustable rate mortgage. Don't I do it. What, Here's why you have absolutely zero control over what your payment is. Two years, five years, 10 years down the road. Yeah. So it doesn't matter the, how your house appreciates. Doesn't matter because some government official is going to tell you what your house payment is down the street. Don't do it. I mean, down the road. Don't do it. 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 Lock it in or don't buy a house. Yeah, I'm. I'm with. I'm with John on this. Do what you do. Keep renting. Save up a nice little a stack of money, and then when the time comes, you're going to be able to get the house that is right for you. The house that you can actually. Um, afford. Really, really great call. You know, these are the types of things that we're talking about um, on the show, just situations with money, everyday money. And we've got actually a set of live events coming up, John, yeah, to help dude. the people with these very things, how how to buy homes, how to build wealth, how to to resist the ridiculousness <laughs> of the world, John. Talk, hey, tell them about it. Real quick, before I tell them about this, like, I, I, I want to point out to Elias, that's devastating. Uh, young married family, young kid. We got to get a house. We have almost two hundred grand, and you're telling me we can't? Yes, that's what we're telling you. Yeah, and it's not because we we want to like rain on no, people's parade. Because I love you. Yeah, it's because thank you. It's because we love you. We do not want you to feel the feeling of not being. Can because look at the adverse being in a house with a, a ten month old mm-hmm. with your wife, and you can't make the payments and. I have it, it's stamped on my soul. In 2008, 2009, people were living in a million dollar house that overnight was worth 600 grand and their rates, their mortgage rates went up, right? So they're paying more for that. Yeah. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. I just just remember those faces of people who felt like they had lost everything. Yeah. Well, they did. And and, you know what I mean? Don't do it. Don't. I I know it's heartbreaking, man. Don't do it. 
Um, Just rent a little bit longer. Yes. Both you and I have rented, and it's life. Bro, I it's rented life. for 10 years. Yeah. Exactly. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Exactly. Hey, we're less than one month away from Building Wealth Live in Salt Lake City. We've been having a blast at these events. The venues have been packed. It's super fun to be with everybody in person. Tickets are going super fast. It's going to be Dave, Rachel, George, Jade's going to be there April 24th, um, and they're about to speed up because right now through April 3rd, you can get buy one, get one free tickets. That's two tickets. Golly, dude, it's giving away two tickets for 49 bucks or a four pack of tickets for 75 bucks. Just use the code NIGHT OUT, N I G H T O U T, if you're in Salt Lake City. Um, you're going to get financial wisdom, advice you trust, like in, on topics like inflation, massive layoffs, investment. Make it a date night, take your friends, go by yourself, whatever you got to do. Salt Lake City, April 21st, 24th. Go to slash events. RamseySolutions.com slash events. We'll see you there. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. Give us a call if you want to talk. The number is 888-825-5225. I'm Jade. This is John Deloney next to me. And hey, if you're a new listener and you want to dive deeper into the Ramsey Baby Steps, go over to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. And we're going to help you figure out the best next step for your financial journey based on exactly where you're at today. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started. And it's really just good to get over there anyway. On this show, we use a lot of lingo. We're talking about baby steps. We're talking about a lot of different things. And if you're kind of like, what the heck are you talking about? This is a great uh, place to get started. So go over there, click the Get Started button, and uh, we'll get you right. All right, let's take another call, John. We got Tyler from Columbus, Ohio. What's going on in your world, Tyler? How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, I'll keep it simple. I guess the reason for my call is, so we have um, baby step two. We've got about uh, 90000 in debt, give or take a couple hundred. Okay. We make about 90000 a year. Most of it is my wife's student loans. Uh, we had some credit card trouble when we were in our early 20s. Okay. Uh, we were doing really well. We had knocked out about $6,000 in debt in about six thousand or about six months, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then we had our second child. Uh, I was injured at work for about three and a half months. Oh, so I wasn't able to do any overtime, wasn't able to do really anything. Uh, so we're just kind of getting back into it, but we depleted our emergency fund. We're just trying to figure out how to get back into the swing of things of now balancing, obviously, a two children, a five-year-old and a six-month-old and now the injury that we're kind of nursing. Yeah, Tyler. How are you doing with that injury? Uh, good. I finally got to go back to work, but, you know, still nervous to pick back up uh, 80 hours a week given the law enforcement. So it's kind of a give and a take. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, the the tough news is you're starting over again, but the good news is you know how to do it because you did it one time before. And so the technique doesn't change much. You know, you're trying to, you're scratching to get that thousand dollars saved, right? When you said your emergency fund, you were talking about the starter emergency fund, right? Correct. That thousand yeah. uh, dollars. Thanks to you guys. We actually had a thousand dollars saved for the first time in our entire lives. That's amazing. Does your wife work, man? Uh, she does. So we combined to make about 90, 90 to 95 a year. Okay. okay. That's good. So what's keeping you from getting, I mean, I know you've got 90K and mostly student loans. You said credit cards. Is it just the budget is super tight? You've got no margin at this point? Uh, yeah, it was really tight. And then I was working literally 80 hours a week 
uh, and that was how we were paying everything down. We were making incredible progress. Like I said, really, I guess it was three months because uh-huh. the three months I was injured. Uh-huh. You know, but then I got hurt, and then it was like, well, if I pick back up all those hours again, I run that same risk of getting hurt, and now maybe something else happens. You know, so it's you, kind of like a. Do you have a chance to? Do you have a chance to, to, could you sit in and do dispatch or could you sit in and do um, IA or could you do some other desk job for those, for those overtime yeah, hours? I, so, yeah, part of it, yeah. So, like, uh, we, so I can do that and I guess I didn't consider that stuff. It's not, it's not sexy and it's not cool and it's, and, and it's, I mean, it can be lame, just downright lame, but um, we're thinking of what's some short term pain we can go through for some long-term gain. Um, can I ask you one more uh, hard question that it pains me to ask, but it's just the reality? Yeah, um, is this your forever calling, or is there another job you could go take out in the community that would be 50 or 60 hours, 40, 50 hours a week that you could double your income? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I've wanted to do since I was a kid. You know, my friend great-grandfather was a deputy sheriff. This is what my, my dad was a prosecutor. You know, this is what my whole family has done is, you know, I got into it to help people. And I, and I got I you, man. That's, like that's my old man. I, I've, I've worked alongside officers my whole career too. I, I get it. And there's also an unfortunate reality that our communities don't pay our policemen enough. And so there's, <laughs> there's just a truth to that too. Right. So, um, what about, um, what's your wife do? So she's a administrator for uh, one of the local counties around us. Okay. Does she have an opportunity for, for a different job? Yeah, I was going to say, what portion of this 90K is her salary? Uh, I would, what do you mean by like what portion is her salary? Like, So the 90K is, is that you two off? combined? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I make about 63. She makes about, she's got a race. I think it's because it's like 39 here next month. Okay. She got like a three thousand dollar raise. I would love to see. I would love to see a track for you guys to get your income up. I think long term, it's going to behoove you, especially if you want to get this debt paid off. Right now, more practically, I want to know with your but you guys are budgeting, right? I'm assuming yes. Yeah, so we've been doing a, a written budget. Okay. Uh, for the past six months, just so I got a notepad and stuff. Okay. After you've paid, before we get off the line today, I'm going to have Austin gift you with every dollar because I think that there's going to be a, a better way for you to budget. And I think that you may end up finding more margin in your budget to get this uh, $1,000 paid off. Because right now, what is the percentage? I mean, how much money do you have? Once you've paid all your bills, everything, what do you have left? Uh, typically speaking, so we get paid bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. Like one uh, check will get about like 700 maybe left over. That's for groceries and gas and stuff. And then the next check, it can vary, you know, maybe it's 300 or 400, you know. Yeah. So that's not that left. O- if it's, if it's earmarked for, for something, then it's not left over. What I'm trying to get at is if you know your numbers enough to know, hey, after everything is said and done, I got $500 and, and I get to decide what I'm going to do with that $500. That's what I'm trying to get you to to the point that you know your month and you know your expenses and you're so chopped down that you know, hey, out of out of the 5,000 bucks we have in a month, we spend, you know, $4,075 of it and we've got this much left over. That's where I want you to be because that when you know your numbers like that, that means that you're you are intent on making progress because you know that you know every 2 weeks I've got $173 left and I that's where I want you to be with this Tyler. So I feel like okay. right now your numbers are a little wacky wavy and it's probably because you're sitting here doing your budget on a yellow pad. 
I've been there, but we're going to give you every dollar and we're going to make it a lot easier for you uh, to see your numbers, to see it in real time for you to work together with your wife on this. Because with your income, I think that you should have some margin at the end of the month. I think you should be able to knock out getting this thousand dollars saved, whether that means selling something, whether that means your wife picking up some income. We got to get this thousand dollars saved fast, because as you know, that's your barrier uh, between you and calamity. You know what I'm saying, John? (laughs) And you know this, Tyler, but I'm going to say this for the audience. You're a six-month-old and that five-year-old, they don't need brand new clothes. No. They don't need the best of everything and the perfect of everything. And especially that little six-month-old that weighs 16 pounds doesn't need a fully furnished Pinterest, (laughs) I don't even know, Instagram. Pinstagram, is that even a thing? Sounds satanic. Uh, They don't need a... uh, pentagram room all dolled up that's going to cost a million dollars yeah right not pentagram they need your kid i know (laughs) it kind of worked out that way it's kind of fantastic um they need um they need their mom and dad to um get their lives back yeah right way more than they need a bunch of junk and a bunch of garbage and a bunch of plastic toys they're going to forget about it they need uh, mom and dad to be whole and to be whole you gotta you gotta pay this crap off yeah, that's true. It, it's tough. There, there is something that happens. I'm not going to lie, John. When we when we had our first kid, I I went off. I I I I bought all the things <laughs> that the Instagrams tells you that you need to buy. I bought y'all. There's this sock. It's it's not even a sock. It's a little thing that you put on their foot when they're infants. And it tells you their heartbeat. Oh Lord! It tells oh, you. God. It, now I'm not gonna lie. It was it was kind of dope though. I got I got some sleep knowing because it, <laughs> it'll go off. It'll go off if something happens. Do you know what that thing costs? You don't want to know. You know what? I tell you this. I slept fine. I slept great. Did you? I did not know my any of yes. Man, I, I bought I, the I cameras. Get... I bought I bought all Dude, of the things, uh-uh, John. Man, I saw Blair Witch Project. I don't need no cameras in my house. I <laughs> no, saw that. We were newly out of debt. We yeah. were we were just past baby step two, started on baby step three, and I felt like ready to go. man, I felt like I won the lottery. I was I spent five hundred dollars on that sock. No, no. I did. I got some yeah, I don't even want to tell you what I spent on my socks. I think five dollars. Yeah, no, this was the baby sock. For though. the package of thirty. That's what I'm saying. For the little kid socks. But hey, uh, but when you don't owe anybody money, you can do that, right? You can do, you that. Can do that. I bought the organic diapers, and you know what happens to those. I don't even know what an organic diaper I is. I did. I did. You can do organic in a diaper, but I didn't know they were. Oh, man. Well, guys, that does it for this hour. Be sure to join us next time. And remember this. When it comes to changing your life and your money, you can tell me that you won't do it. But please, don't tell me that you can't. With Christ, all things are possible. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.